You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your host for this morning, and my co-host is Jen Delvaux. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, we are a radio show, podcast, YouTube video, for whatever that is called, uh, show, YouTube show, from the Archdiocese of Chicago, the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship. And if you've been following along, you know that each month we've been tackling a topic that, um, or an area in which we're convinced that if a parish has a culture of evangelization, that is an area that you're going to see um, an example of in the life of the community. And so today's topic is witness, and it just happened to fall in the month of November for all saints, all souls, and as we remember, all the witnesses that have come in and out of our lives. And so today we have our first guest is Joe, um, Joe Mal- Malham. Am I saying it right, Joe? Um, and Joe is an artist. Um, he is an author, and he is the artist in residence at Gregory the great, which is now a part of Mary, Mother of God. So welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Beth. Hello, Hi. Jen. Nice to be here. And I have to say you have the coolest intro music I've ever heard in <laughs> uh, the program. I thought it was going to be Gregorian chant or Mozart. Nope. It's so on nice. the way. Very, very cool. Yes, because everything <laughs> that Jesus did was on the way to somewhere, right? It was always oh, on the way. That's true. And that's how that's God true. reaches yes. us for us is on the way, on the way in our daily life, right? So well, well put. Yes. Well put. Yes. So, welcome, welcome. So, um, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you, um, I've read your bio, and you talked about, you know, you're this awesome artist, and you've gone down this path of being really dedicated to Catholic art, to Christian art. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I uh, studied art and art history in Rome, and I learned how to paint icons from a husband and wife here in Chicago and also learned how to do church restoration and uh, went to Europe and found uh, and, and wrote my, my my first book, which was a talk about witness. It was about uh, four Catholic martyrs of the Nazi camps, oh, came wow. back, had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I was invited by Father Bart Winters, who was taking over at St. Gregory's, very young, dynamic pastor who had a great vision 
for new evangelization. And that's how we uh, uh, sort of evolved the whole idea of the evangelization through the arts program at St. Gregory, now Mary Mother of God, which included you know, uh, uh, poetry and jazz and a theater group. And of course me on the third floor doing icons. And so that has evolved and really been part of the identity of the parish. And like I like, I, I, I like to say, uh, being sacred, uh, creating sacred art and having the opportunity to teach and give workshops and classes to people of all ages. Uh, it has not been part of my life, but it has been my life mm -hmm. of, of, of faith and for that, I'm I'm immensely grateful to the parish and to the archdiocese for all the all the support. Sounds like I'm getting an award. Um, <laughs> so, Joe, why this path though? Why you could have done any kind of art? Why why this way? Uh, when people ask that, uh, I, I especially young people because they're 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 fascinated by what I do, and uh, I I tell them the difference between a career and a vocation. Mm -hmm. I was selling art downtown back in the in the eighties and nineties when things were good and the economy was great, a lot of money, but I was very unhappy mm -hmm. because I had it didn't dovetail. It wasn't part of my spiritual life. And I had my own sort of second grade conversion, which is when I went to Europe and became an author and realized I'm not going to come back and find a career, mm. pursue a career. I'm going to respond to a vocation. And that was, that was the, the Holy Spirit's gift to me and bringing me to St. Gregory's and giving me not only a studio, but a community of faith and a place where I could I could I could be part of a, a a community and be challenged and and be loved and give support back to them. So that's that's the it, it was because I was responding to my vocation and and not not pursuing a career, which would have made me very unhappy. But now I'm very very fulfilled and very grateful for my vocation. So, part of a vocation is recognizing the gifts that God has given you and utilizing those gifts in some way to give witness to the faith, right? And so what a better way for you to, with your art. So tell us a little bit about your, your icons and your, um, um, your artwork. Well, I, uh, I, I've spent the past 20 years, uh, and, and, and it's like, it's like writing, it's like composing, you never, you never achieve perfection in, in iconography because it's primarily a spiritual journey. And if you try to separate it from your spiritual path and make it a purely artistic or aesthetic journey, uh, you're, you're in a pretty bad place and you're, you're on a, on a one-way ticket to Palookaville. And, uh, so I, um, what I have, what I have done is I have, I've, been teaching and 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 teaching people all, all the uh, kids all the way to graduate students and senior citizens about painting with icons, but also uh, the uh, uh, the spiritual component too. So that also would entail retreats and lectures and evenings of reflection uh, for like North Park University, which is an evangelical, and they've been great supporters and wonderful friends of the parish. Uh, but I've recently started moving into a, a more representational style of the uh, Catholics, the great Catholics of the 20th century. And then uh, through the inspiration of Father Bob Cook, our pastor at Mary Mother of God, have come up with a series of the, the great Catholics associated with uh, Chicago, the Archdiocese of Chicago, going all the way back to Father Marquette and into the 20th century. And that's 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 the the, the witness that I'm 
uh, hoping to tell the story of now. So that was intriguing to me, the, um, what is it, last week or within the last few weeks, um, was Dorothy Day, her birthday, right? And I noticed that one of your um, icons was of Dorothy Day. You tell us a little bit about how she, you have seen her as a witness here in Chicago and what, what was that experience like painting her as a, you know, 20th century um, you know, icon in our community. Yeah. Well, I, what, uh, it's a, that's an interesting question, Beth, because if you're not reflecting and you're not listening, mm-hmm. uh, it's again, it's all pretty, pretty much worthless. Uh, if you're listening to the, not listening to the spirit listening to the, the, the Dorothy and what she's trying to speak through her image to us. And that is, uh, that's one of the great lessons and the great takeaways is that, uh, here I've been working for 20 years in a style that's associated with Byzantium and, and, and Greece and Russia. Um, and then I realized an icon is an icon. It doesn't have to have a particular look or a particular style with mm. gold leaf. Um, but it, 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 it is the, 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 the key component that is, uh, 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 connects the two styles, the style that you have on the screen now and my, and my Greek and Russian icons is the light that comes from within. And when you read Dorothy's story about all her pain and her suffering and the regrets of her early life, uh, but how she quietly witnessed in terms of, 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 of labor and the rights of, of the working person and how she struggled and suffered to the end of her life uh, uh, to, to witness like that. I'm thinking, that's it. It's the light that comes from within. And that's common to the Greek and Byzantine icons as it is to the, to the style that I'm working on now. It's the light source is within, which is Christ. Mm, That's beautiful. One of the works that came out of the pandemic um, I saw was Christ the Healer. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience for you to to, um, create that piece uh, during lockdown, I believe? The first couple weeks of lockdown. And my first reaction as as I was maundering about my studio in a funk, like most of us were, wandering around our own lives and fears. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And what's going to happen? Nobody's going to want to commission icons and I can't give talks or classes. And then uh, it was almost like a a share slapping Nicolas Cage and Moonstruck. It's like the Holy Spirit just slapped me and said, snap out of it. And if you're going to, if, if, if you're going to have your vocation, it's not contingent upon commissions and classes it's 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 there whether or not anybody is 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 watching and listening so i thought great i'm going to do something to kind of express hope and healing and faith during this time when things were very bleak mm. and i couldn't get materials so i went out to the garage in the parish and i found an old piece of wood oh probably from an old uh don't tell anybody and i hope this doesn't get public but uh <laughs> No, the pastor said, uh, Father Paul, our pastor at the time said, sure, take it. So I couldn't get materials. I couldn't get gold. I couldn't get wood. So I just used found materials. And it it, it turned out to be one of uh, my most heartfelt works. Oh, yeah. And it's it's huge. It's over four feet tall. Okay. And I love the, uh, the connection, the immediacy of the gaze with our eyes, with Christ, as though he's saying to us, don't don't, don't worry. I'm in charge here. Mm. We've seen all this before. Don't, don't be afraid. So it was really uh, beautiful. And Bishop Bartosik blessed it at a healing service during the height of 
uh, the pandemic mm. uh, that we that we had at uh, St. Gregory. And uh, so it's 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 one of those things where you realize it's not yours anymore. It sort of belongs to the people who gaze and encounter it and pray with it. And that's uh, it was it was a beautiful experience. So, yeah, thank yeah. you for asking about that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I actually want to circle back to something you mentioned a couple minutes ago about working with young people on this. Um, so many people uh, make presumptions about having to be hyper contemporary and technology based. But here's something that's rooted in perhaps some of the oldest traditions. And yet it's speaking to young people. Could you tell a little bit more about how the youth have engaged with icons? Kids love iconography. They love it. I've, I've given icon workshops um, and we have to have parents present, obviously, because herding kittens is something that a 60-year-old single iconographer does not do. Uh, but they love it because they get to they get to wear aprons. And I realize a lot of the initial joy comes from the fact they get to throw paint, not at me, but at the <laughs> panel and get it on themselves. And so there's that initial excitement because creativity is a is a sort of primal spark of the spirit in, in our lives much the same way I've read that uh, somebody once wrote that uh, uh, that our first encounter with God is beauty, if it's a flower, or the sun, or a picture. And so the kids connect with it on that, that, that sort of primary level of, wow, here's blue and red, and here's a paintbrush. But then slowly, they as they're painting the image of Jesus, usually we do the good shepherd because they love the little lamb over his shoulders. And they get it. And I think that they get the theology because, as I like to say, kids are closer to eternity than we are. We, they don't have all the all the, the adjuncts and ancillary crusts of, 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 of what we have in middle age, the adults. They're so close to eternity because of their how young they are that they still have this sort of memory, memory mm. of God. Yeah. And they respond to that well. And the, not only that, but the, the works that they create. Uh, are are extraordinary, and it has nothing to do with the teacher. Although, let's let's not forget my my part. My, my <laughs> well, uh, Joe, we're gonna yeah, really extraordinary. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back to continue our conversation with Joe, the iconic, um, the artist, <laughs> artist, or the guy, the the paint guy. <laughs> Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm only alive Because I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking, come back to life Well, I'm on my way I can't get there on my own Heaven's Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. 
We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to On The Way. This is Beth White, your co-host with Jen Delvaux. We're here with you this morning. And we are talking about a culture of evangelization. And a key component of that is witness and the need to have folks that are willing to reflect love and joy and God's grace in this world. And also be able to share who this God is with others, either through words or through their art. And so Joe Maham, is. Uh, we're continuing the conversation with him. He is an artist and an author and um, the artist in residence at St. Gregory the Great. So Joe, um, I think Jen has another question for you. Yeah, I yes, <laughs> I know you also mentioned that you've worked with grad students. That's near and dear to my heart. I'm working on a degree myself right now. And it intrigues me because so much of what I spend my time on gets me so caught up in my head. And it's sort of a moment of it gave me pause to think about how does iconography 
play out with the grad students. Um, and I'd be curious to hear some of your experience with those folks, since maybe their reaction's a little different than the kids you were just talking about before the break. Uh, well, well, you would be able, both of you would be able to appreciate this, but I guess, Jen, you in a, in a particular way because of, of, of your studies. But the, uh, the grad students have been from, um, as I said, North Park Evangelical Seminary, um, and then Garrett Theological. So they are very, very, uh, even though they're from different traditions, they are very intrigued with uh, re-evaluating and reconnecting with the whole concept of the, uh, the Catholic and Orthodox idea of the, the, the word as image, the Imago mm-hmm. Dei and the Verbum Dei. So, and understanding that the image is part of our understanding of Christ and the hypostatic union of true God and true man. So they're, they're, they're circling back because, you know, those traditions have given us so much of, of patristics and mm-hmm. uh, re, re-encountering patristics. So they, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, long answer, short question, but they, especially the divinity students, have found a way, like you said, to, to, to get, get out of the head and just come and, 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 and just be with the image and the word. And so it's the, the, the creative process is you're walking with Christ and Christ is giving you the privilege of revealing his face. And when you, when you crack that mystery and you're not just painting, it's not just an aesthetic exercise, you are revealing the face of Christ. As divinity students, they understand that that's simply one step of the, of the way to ultimately they themselves becoming icons of Christ mm-hmm. and revealing that love and that witness, again, witness mm-hmm. to others that they encounter. And I think that they see this as an integral part of their future ministry. Mm, um, so it has always been a wonderful experience. And if any of you teach, uh, you, you would know that, uh, you, you learn infinitely more from them. Um, I just, I'm just kind of, a, the, the dummy conduit saying, okay, take this brush and dip it in the paint. And now the gold is going to go here. They really are the ones that create the journey. And, uh, so it's interesting to see how the, the, the spirit speaks to them. But again, an answer to your question, Jen, it's, um, uh, it's an invaluable part of their their ministry and their prayer life too, mm-hmm. to rediscover that tradition. Wonderful, Joe. That's interesting because I think in our work of evangelization, we're very focused on the need for folks to have experiences, especially adults. Um, that taking, as Jen just said, that head knowledge and connecting it to the heart, and really, but that happens through experience. And what I just heard you say was that you're giving them this opportunity to like sit with the word, sit with the images, and actually physically manifest that through prayer. Is that part of your experience as well? That this need for experience is key to the the um the disciples journey it it is and uh one of my favorite terms when i encountered it was solipsistic and solipsism and i i i i i, I thought that that was like a disease or something but it, it's uh it's the whole concept of and it's something that i've had to avoid in the 20 years at St. Gregory. I just can't go crawl up in the studio and do this as a purely intellectual exercise mm-hmm. in my head and in my own reality. Um, I have to constantly experience the reality of the moment of, of what I am doing and how Christ is present in that moment to me. 
uh, because if I'm just looking at deadlines and materials, it, 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 it's pointless. It's a pointless, uh, empty, empty exercise of the hands and not the heart and the soul. So constantly being aware of experience and um, realizing that we have to always be icons uh, to each other. And I think that that has been a great, uh, a great component of my, my journey as an iconographer for the past 20 years is that experience. So we've gone all sort of full circle in the faith journey. So I have a question for you. What has been the most challenging project for you and which one has been your favorite? Uh, <laughs> well, I always <laughs> well the, the problem is I can't name parishes or pastors or <laughs> committees, so I don't want to name anything. Because there goes my whole career in the archdiocese. No, they've all been wonderful. But Beth and Jen, I, I've always said, no matter how proficient you think you're getting in iconography, every icon begins with a problem. And you have to solve the problem. You never, you never just sit and 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 do it like that. Uh, so I think that the um, Chapel of Consolation that we have created at 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 uh, Saint Saint Gregory the Great, which was an unused chapel that uh, because of a husband and wife who lost their first child, and then mm -hmm. he lost his wife with the two children she was carrying, mm -hmm. was such a a powerful eviscerating experience for the parish we decided to do something massive to honor them so it, it, it turned out to be a, a wider vision where we've created and muraled the entire chapel at saint gregory oh, in wow. the church which is the chapel of our lady of consolation for families who've lost children so each panel has a story of of, of loss and pain and suffering that through this has been transformed into a place of of, of hope and transformation because it tells the story of Jesus, the the, the, the the infancy narrative of St. Luke and where his mother was always with Jesus. And then it ends with the crucifixion and resurrection. Oh, wow. So it tells the whole story of salvation, but there's, there's a story behind each one. And as father Bart would say, it's the, the place is saturated with, 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 with prayer and, mm -hmm. and suffering and, and pain that has been transformed into consolation and, and hope. And have you noticed that this is my way talking long about this so I don't have to tell you about my worst project? Have you caught up? Well, that sounds like a both a challenging and a gift project because behind it was a lot of pain that you were trying to bring um, a focus to. So, um, so Joe, how can we learn more about your work and see some of your beautiful art? Um, where can we go to see that? You can go to uh, the my website, which is www.trinityicons.com, um, or you can go to the St. Gregory Mary Mother of God um, a, a website where they should have more information or come to St. Gregory's. My, my, my work is all over St. Gregory's. And then um, we are working on a new project called Project 45, which is the a book featuring original movie posters about the uh, the the list that uh, of the 45 greatest films of all time oh, that wow. Pope John Paul commissioned a panel uh, to to select the greatest films of all time based upon the three categories of art, religion, and values. And so we're working on that book and plan to uh, start showing have film screenings. And, oh, you're going to uh, show the films with it? 
You're going to show the films. Working on, uh, oh. yes, we're working with uh, a church. We're working um, uh, with several churches about having film screenings and uh, then exhibiting the movie posters and educating uh, people about the witness that films offer us because a lot of them are not films that that are, are, are primarily what we would consider you know, uh, uh, inspiring religious films. There's like Fantasia and Nosferatu and Citizen Kane, but they're based upon their intrinsic aesthetic value mm -hmm. and the, the, the power these films have to transform and change us. So uh, we're very, very excited about that. That's exciting. So we look forward to um, having you on more about that maybe uh, and getting more information <laughs> about that. That would be great. Um, be so great. any last closing thoughts, Joe, as we close out our segment with you? I wish you would have put that on the way music behind me talking because it would have made me sound so much cooler and more hip than I think that I am. No, uh, you're doing a wonderful job. And thank you for giving me a, a, a forum and a place to talk about evangelization and the witness that I've tried to have in the archdiocese for the past. So it just did you, 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 you reconfirm the fact that it really feels like being part of the family. And Excellent. thank you for that and your, your work too. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you so much for your beautiful art and your gifts that you're sharing with everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. 
Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your co-host with Jen Dalvo. Hi, Hello Jen. Again. Hi, good morning. So we are talking this morning about um, a piece of a culture of evangelization called um, witness. And so I think we've mentioned along the way in the past months that there's a document that was created by the, our team um, talking about what is a culture of evangelization and the different components of it. And so we're now on witness. Next month we'll talk about mission. Um, but the church community is committed to intentionally making disciples, not haphazardly, but intentionally making disciples and forming missionary disciples who are witnesses to Jesus's transforming love meaning that the, the community is actually putting in place practical ways, uh, pathways, having ministries, tools, different things to help make disciples and form them into missionary disciples who can be the, the witnesses of how Jesus has transformed their lives. And then as modern day, they are then modern day witnesses to the gospel. They reflect God's joy, hope and mercy in the world. And I think that if you think about that, they reflect God's joy, hope, and mercy in the world because it's coming from this place of Christ within. That when we just heard Joe, he is a witness Mm -hmm. to God's love. Definitely. You you can just, we could feel it in the room, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And so as we try to animate this a little bit more, when we talk about witness, I think sometimes people think that you should be standing on the street corner, um, preaching, you should go door to door. Um, How do you think about witness when I use that word, Jen? Well, I probably have a little insider information (laughs) since I have to use it too with parishes and folks that we work with. But when, you know, we think about this, it's really the sort of witnessing that we do in our everyday lives about everything else in many ways, that it's walking with our friends, with our families, having that casual conversation with a grocery store clerk that, you know, this isn't something extraordinary. It's truly just those conversations and those relationships in our ordinary lives. And that when you're open to where the spirit's moving in your own life, that helps to open you up to see and recognize it in others and to help others recognize it. And that sounds intimidating, yes, but it's just as simple as, you know, that conversation with somebody about that 
religious jewelry you're wearing or with somebody who is grieving that's a good friend that you know witness takes place in all sorts of different facets of our life and that it's an invitation to just be Christ in that moment to embody God's love in that moment and I I think what's really important is that witnessing isn't being nice Mm -hmm. it's actually reflecting God's love it isn't yes. just being nice. It's really being a um, when you talk about being present and being willing to be in that moment. So I remember, um, were you with me? I, I someone was with me, and we were at um, a grocery store buying um, some things for an alpha at a parish. And um, this woman asked me the checkout gal, and she's in her early twenties. And she asked me, "Oh, what are you what are you buying all this stuff for?" And I said. Oh, a, a, a church thing. And because I was like, I'm not going to like share what we're doing. And she said, Oh, what church thing? And I said, Oh, Alpha. And she goes, What's Alpha? And I was like, Oh my gosh. And um, so I explained what Alpha was. And she said, Wow, I wish that there was something like that when I was, um, when I used to go to church. And I was like, Whoa. Now everybody says, Didn't you invite her to the Alpha? And it's like, Well, it was a pilot Alpha. So I couldn't. But, um, <laughs> It was a moment for me where I'm constantly learning, too, about that willingness mm-hmm. to be open about things. Because you can sometimes feel in faith that you're being judged. Right. So, But Joe, you could see that he just exudes it. So how who have been the witnesses in your life that you've seen I, people exude this? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it and... You know, two people came to mind, uh, one who's Catholic and one who's not, though I know she's Christian. And one who's not is actually somebody who is deeply influential in my childhood in so many ways. She was my Girl Scout troop leader through Ah. almost the entirety of my childhood. And, you know, especially because we were troop affiliated with a public school system, you know, it wasn't like this was an opportunity where we didn't earn the the Catholic medals or anything. Um, But I knew she was Christian. And I knew, you know, from observing her home life and, and with her daughter, who was part of our troop, but it was the the values that she had that came through mm-hmm. and the presence that she had and the way that she prioritized things and would just casually, you know, offer that guidance and that influence of, you know, even as a business owner, she would be moving her family to a top priority in a particular circumstance or how she did make time in that very busy life of a mom and a business owner and active community member to even have this Girl Scout troop and to invest in each of us, not just as a group, Mm. but as individuals. And so it was one of those things where you know, I don't remember her ever explicitly saying I'm doing this because I'm Christian or but now in hindsight and especially given, you know, all that we do, I can say, wow, she really was embodying how you do this in life and how you embody these values. Um, and the other one is my one of my dear friends who's in ministry and is um always pushing me and prodding me and a a voice of truth, I would say. And so when I think about God's love is there's also that aspect of love that's the reality check. And so she's always the first one to be supportive, but she's also always the one to have the honest, this is, don't forget this, or Mm. don't, you know, put rose-colored glasses on. Or So I always really value that aspect of the presence of God embodied in her because 
that aspect of truth that's deep within God is something that I see from her. And I know for me, that's always really helpful because sometimes I can get so caught up in an idea or in perfection or something like that, that she can just sort of pull me back and say, okay, have you thought about this? Mm. Or where is God in this? And ask some of those hard questions that I might not otherwise be willing to listen to from someone else. I think I, you know that I love words. Um, they all have to deal with me and my words, my etymology and things like that. And so the word witness is very interesting because we use it in court cases. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, we're hearing a lot of court cases in the news and the witnesses and the people on the stand and things like that. And that really is also what the word means. It means that you're a witness to God's love, meaning you are someone who has experienced an encounter with Christ, um, with the Holy Spirit. And you are willing to speak to that regardless of um, sort of any kind of um, struggle that there may be. And so I do, I mean, there's people in my life too, I think about that are, have been those very attractive, there's an attraction because there's a joy, Um, their faith brings them joy. But when we think about some of the saints, um, as witnesses to the faith. Sometimes they were witnesses to who this God was up against the Inquisition, mm-hmm. up against, um, they led to martyrdom. Yeah. Um, who who were some of the witnesses in your life, like in your saint life, the, <laughs> the saints that have influenced you? I feel like this is going to be the obvious answer for anybody who's yes. pretty much ever had a conversation with me ever. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> My my personal favorite is St. Hildegard, and I think because she was somebody who both deeply respected the church and the the value and the beauty of the church, but also because of that held it accountable. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for religious leaders, but also just literally the neighbors next door. And so, um, you know, I love how she gave voice to what she saw as the truth and the ways that we needed to do better as church as in order to have more of the church be witnesses to others, you know. Um, And I also love that it wasn't only in words, you know, she was a prolific writer, but also with the fact that with visions, you know, uh, echoing the segment with Joe, you know, she has these incredible, slightly to very confusing visions. And so the artistic that, you know, you can kind of just sit with and, you know, as much as there's a huge amount of writing that she did on those visions and that others have since done, you can also just kind of sit there and see how do they speak to you personally. And I, I love that complexity of that. Yeah, I I think um, I've been intrigued by different saints along the journey. And one of the earliest saints that I was drawn to was St. Augustine. And I think it's because he came to faith later in life and he fought it. Mm -hmm. And it was his mother's witness, his mother's constant prayer and witness to him and her just never giving up on him that was a key because she could – he – it was interesting because when he found God, if you think about evangelization, when he experienced Christ through the scripture and all of that that happened, his whole conversion, it was because he recognized it because he could have seen it in his mother. It mm-hmm. wasn't something foreign. Right. He had people in his life, like Ambrose and his and his um, and his mother, that that experience wasn't foreign to him. 
And so I do wonder sometimes in our culture today, where we are in this post-Christian culture, where maybe we don't talk about things like that. And here's a man who was in this, um, the great mind and the philosophies of the day and all of the non-Christian paths who found his way to Christianity through that, or C.S. Lewis, very similarly. Um, But it was because of the witnesses in their lives Mm -hmm. and our need to be those people um, in modern day for our young people, for for people um, on the journey. Definitely. And I think that's why we have resonance with individuals like Dorothy Day in particular mm-hmm. in these moments, because she, too, came through a long and complicated and difficult journey personally and spiritually. And then that drove her to give very vocal, very much uh, a presence on the the national and global scale to how she saw Catholicism and her faith giving witness to the injustices in the world. Yeah. I, and I think I think unless you have those people, those of us who are listening, perhaps, who are um, of faith and are willing to not proselytize, not convince somebody of anything, not not apologetics of the church, not trying to um, wrestle anyone to end anything, but really reflecting Christ's love to people, because then when they encounter Christ's love, they recognize it. Because it's mm-hmm. what is the yeah. thing that you say about Waldo, Jen? <laughs> Jen I has always, this great analogy. Uh, I grew up with those Where's Waldo books, and you know the whole point of it is to try to find that strange little person with, with the, the striped shirt and, and everything. Shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, in these very very complicated pictures. But how do you find Waldo in those massive pictures if you don't know what he looks like? So you have to first be told or introduced to Waldo in order to find him in the book, and so that's very much the same thing that we have to do with helping people encounter God. We have to have witnesses who have seen him, who know him, who who um, can speak to his ways so that other people can recognize him when they see him. When we come back from break, we will continue our conversation about witness. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. Catholic education offers something other schools don't. When you walk through that door, you are amongst friends. I can confidently say that I look up to everybody at HT, staff, students. There's just something that you can admire in every person here. 
We treat everyone here with the same kind of respect that we would hope that exists in our families. Our curriculum is very rigorous, and we hope to match the academic rigor with our level of academic support. They help us prepare for college. They talk to us about our future and what we want to do. I think it instills a sense of community, which makes me more confident in my work. Through the teachers, through our counselors, through all of our administrators, we are educating not just the mind, but also the heart. I think that distinguishes us from other types of schools. Catholic high schools provide high-quality, faith-based education. The journey begins by taking your entrance exam. Register online at the Catholic high school you wish to attend. Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know only alive Cause I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking Come back to life Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your co-host this morning. Hi, Jen. Hi. Jen Delvaux is our Senior Coordinator for the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship, and she is our co-host as well. Yeah. You know, one of the questions I get, Beth, all the time when I'm out in the field from folks is, you know, witness is great, but how do I do this? What does this actually look like? Are you asking me to be like St. Augustine? Because that's kind of a high bar. <laughs> so how would you answer that question? So we are undertaking right now this pilot um, of what we're calling companions. And um, we have about 16 people that are going through this pilot right now. And they have been journeying with us since May. And they were in a once a month small group. And then they went into sort of the training last month. More to come on that. But the idea is that we're helping equip people to walk with people and to be able to hear their stories and to be able to help guide them with intentionality toward what comes next for them? Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a passion for art like Joe, and they're like, ooh, maybe you should go check out Joe's art and um, take one of those classes of his or something, right? But one of our sessions was on telling your story. And the point in helping other people tell their stories, it was always for that. It's always that sort of connection. And so what was interesting in the presenters, it was Kathy McNicholas and Michelle Schaefer, our friends. Um, Kathy is from Vicariate 5. She is a pastoral associate at DRE, I think. And Michelle Schaefer is the associate director up at USML's, um, the um, Institute for Pastoral um, Leadership. Leadership. Thank you. <laughs> 
Anyway, they were taking everyone through this exercise, and Kathy shared her witness story about how she had encountered God, and it's a beautiful story. And she told us in great detail the story, and she said she would normally never tell us the depth of it because it's very personal. She often will, we have a one-minute video of her talking about sitting on a park bench mm-hmm. and encountering God and all of this, but um, she got really in-depth, and she said the reason is because I want to tell you the second part of the story. And she went on to tell us that she has um, a, a brother who um, who is a lawyer, and he doesn't really believe in God. He doesn't believe in anything after life. And they were having this whole conversation about death, and they have someone in their life that they lost. And she said, you know, what do you think happens? And it opened this door to this conversation, and she's never had the faith conversation with her brother before. And uh, they're just sitting on a porch in southern Illinois and just talking, and all of a sudden she said this voice in her was saying, talk about it. And she's like, no. No, no. And she knew the Holy Spirit was prodding her. And she said, she asked him the question, have you ever experienced something in this world that you haven't been able to explain? And he said, no. And he said, have you? And she said in her mind, she's like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. (laughs) And she said, she did. And she started sharing the story with him about her encounter with God and her ongoing relationship with God that's happened since then. And he she said he examined her like a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He asked her all kinds of questions. Um, what did it feel like? What did it, what was it like? What was, you know, what's that experience been like for you? And really trying to understand it. And at the end, he said, you know, Cappy, I have never had that experience, but I really hope I do one day. Yeah. And we were all like, whoa. And that's witnessing. Mm-hmm. She didn't, she wasn't even what she was and what she was trying to explain to everyone is she had processed her story. She had written it out. She knew her story enough that when the moment came and the Holy Spirit called upon her, she was there to be able to have that dialogue with Mm -hmm. her brother. And I think that's what we mean by witness. It isn't, and you wouldn't share your whole story with a newbie to the faith. You wouldn't be like, hey, let me tell you about my whole journey with Jesus Christ. But what you want to do is be able to know your story enough so that you recognize in their story pieces of where the Spirit's working, right? Mm-hmm. And you can affirm right. that. And that's part of the witnessing is being able to not like go around and have your memorized story. And I know people think that, but that's not what you want. You want to be able to have like a two-minute version and a five-minute version and a 10-minute version so that when you have those conversations, you can have that quick conversation at the checkout or you can have that longer conversation. But it's because you've processed it Mm -hmm. and you're not oversharing, but you're actually willing to be a witness to Jesus Christ wherever you're called to be a witness. Does that make sense? It does. And I think one of the pieces that's really important to help build around that is have, you know, is it the parish? Is it something like the companion training Mm -hmm. that helps with that intentionality and being able to put that together in a way that does speak to others and to also learn to recognize when is the right time to share? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's always Mm -hmm. those folks who the minute somebody says a a word relating to the faith or there's even just enough of a pause, they'll jump right in and they'll start, you know, talking about God or arguing for God or something like that. And that's not what this is. It really is 
relational ultimately because like you say it's recognizing where is God at work in the other person as much as it is sharing your own and it's fascinating how that does then crack it open you know and going back to to my favorite um you know, I was wearing my favorite Hildegard necklace and a woman in a shop commented and it turns out she was a doctor. And I was like, oh, well, you know, she's actually one of the first women to ever write about women's medical issues. And she's like, really? And she grabbed a piece of paper out of her purse and started writing down and, you know, but I could give her just enough of a snapshot to relate to something there. Mm -hmm. And so now I always want to go back to that shop and see if I run into her again. (laughs) It's like if she's a regular. But, you know, I think that's one of the things is being able to recognize it's in relationship. It's in relationship with God and it's in relationship with the other people we encounter in life. So it's in relationship to the people in your life that you're closest to, but it's also, like you just said, someone who asks you a question and being willing to like not be like, oh, it's just some necklace, but to actually <laughs> give witness to it is you know, it is this person who's important in your life. It's a mm-hmm. saint. And, and this is why there's a connection, right? Yeah. Being able to speak the language of the day and to translate, yeah. to be able to witness to where God's active and alive in a world today is a key part. I think that's the trick as well. It isn't just telling your journey story. It's being able to give witness to those moments when you hear something three different ways from someone and you're like, oh, that's the spirit. That's the spirit nudging me. And being able to, when someone says, you know, I've been hearing all these people say to me that I like should go back to school or I should Mm -hmm. do this. And you're like, "Mm, yeah, that is probably the spirit (laughs) speaking to you. Right. Right. Exactly. That's, That's what's really interesting about being a witness is you need to be a disciple and we hope that you've grown into your missionary discipleship, which means you have a more spiritual maturity, recognizing your story, you've processed it and you've grown in relationship. And that's when you can truly be, um, because you know who this God is, who this Jesus is, who this Holy Spirit is, and you're able to point people in the direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So we really just encourage you to, um, when you think about witness, um, to do some exploring on like, like telling your story, finding resources out there that help you with that. Um, and our office is um, dedicated to sort of helping people be able to do that and to mm-hmm. be reflections because that's how we evangelize, right, it Jen? Is. Yep. It's it's really through being willing to be vulnerable. We talk a lot about vulnerability. Yes. Um, witnessing isn't speaking at someone. It's being in dialogue with somebody. Mm-hmm. And being willing to be rejected by them. There's a vulnerability there. Especially, I was saying something to someone earlier today. We talk, we will share recipes. We will share exercise routines. Mm -hmm. We will share our favorite books, our favorite podcasts, our favorite everything. But we really shy away from talking about faith. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess I would just challenge our listeners to maybe, as Thanksgiving is approaching, to really start thinking about what is something that I could give witness to, a favorite spiritual book I've been reading or a favorite podcast or something. It can be really low level or invite somebody to something at your church, Mm -hmm. invite someone to go to mass with you, invite someone in a pew to do something with you. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. Find ways to witness. That's the challenge. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Beth. All right. Go and spread the good news. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago 
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.